0: Hi, I'm Abigail and I'm Dabney. Welcome Welcome to to You vs. You, You. You, a space where we give permission to talk openly about things no one
1: talks about and everything we wish we would have known when we were younger that we know now. The only thing we know for sure is that we don't know at all. Alrighty guys, welcome back to another week of our podcast. Um, I'm here with Abigail and I'm just gonna kind of interview her per se on a day in the life of a realtor and what her day-to-day looks like if she does the same things day-to-day and how she goes about navigating her career especially as a mom. So to start off, Abigail, just take us through your day from morning to evening, no. Like time time and everything. What okay. does it look like for you?
0: Okay, I'll do today for example. So today is a Thursday. Um, So this morning, Um, I was, I, so I have a two-year-old and he goes to daycare every day, Monday through Friday. Um, and he usually goes between like 8.39 and then I usually get him around 3.30 or 4. Um, and I guess my days look very different. Like we're on summer obviously right now. And usually like the rest of the year, my husband is a teacher. So my days look different then. So, but anyways, this morning I was supposed to meet with someone at 8am and um, a lender actually. And then just to like meet and have coffee, which is like probably the bulk. Actually, a lot of people don't know of like lenders and realtors. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of procuring relationships between lenders and realtors with having coffee and like getting together because as a realtor, we get bombarded with lenders of like, can you refer me? Because a lot right. of lenders' business comes from realtors. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like you have to build relationships first, just like with anything. So actually right. a lot of like my meetings are actually with lenders, just like building relationships there. Um so, anyways, I had that scheduled at eight, and then that fell through. And Brooks went to school. Brad took him at 8:30. And then I actually had a listing appointment at 10. So I scheduled that up sooner and I went out there and that took a couple of hours and then I came back home. So I got home at noon and then I wrote contracts for them to sign and then that took about an hour and then I came here to record and then when we're done, I will probably go to the gym. Usually I go to the gym in the mornings, but now I'm realizing my days are all different. And then after the gym, I will go get Brooks from school, and then we will go home, and usually it's around, like, 4 o'clock at mm-hmm. that time, and um, then I will get dinner ready. One of us will cook during the school year. It's usually me. Um, we'll just kind of, like, play, and I try to, like, turn stuff off when I get home at 4, but... Some days I won't have like any calls until people get off work. Right. Real estate is really strange. I think people think we have a lot of flexibility and we really don't. We work when people get off of work Mm -hmm. and we also work when people are working. Yeah. That
1: was going to be my next question is everybody gets into real estate because they want more hours and they want more flexibility. Yeah. But I was going to ask you, like, how do you maintain that when you go home? Because, like, you're a mom, so you want to be present. Yeah. You have a family, but at the same time, your business might suffer if you don't answer the phone. Yes. So how do you feel about navigating that? That's
0: a great question. Um. So I don't know. <laughs> it's <laughs> actually, and I was just thinking of this yesterday, and I was like, I don't know, like, maybe I'm 28. I have a little toddler. I grind, like, I'm real estate full-time. My husband's a teacher. I don't rely on his income. Mm-hmm. We're literally, like, We're both, we both have to pull our weight. We can't live off of one income. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I'm like, is it easier for a lot of my like colleagues and stuff? Because a lot of realtors, like they do it kind of as a side gig and I, and some don't, it's all different for everybody, but I'm like, this is like really hard. And I had a lady call me last night about listing her house and she called me at like five and Brad had just gotten home and it was like raining outside and I literally ran out to my car to take the call because (laughs) it's so loud in my house Mm -hmm. with a toddler and dinner go it was just to get quiet I go into my car and that phone call lasted like an hour and it's just like nonstop, right really and then by that time dinner was already served and I kind of missed that but it I can't not take calls because as you know, Mm -hmm. if you miss a call, they'll call the next person Right. or I don't know. It's just a very like, I know you have to have boundaries um, and I guess I'm kind of getting better at it. But even last year, I remember I would be outside in my backyard at like nine o'clock at night, like hiding from my family, taking (laughs) calls from clients because that's just what I had to do. So. Like, and I, this morning I was up at 5 a.m. I take my dogs for, like, a two-mile walk every morning. So that's another thing. I, every single morning I take my dogs for a walk because if they don't get walked, I'm gone usually from the house all day mm-hmm. and they will, like, chew stuff.
1: Terrorize your <laughs> Terrorize,
0: house. Terrorize, <laughs> terror on the house. So, um, but, yeah, and, like, today I, like, did some laundry. I throw laundry in before I leave when I get back home for lunch. I'll take the laundry out and fold it and stuff. So I try to do stuff during the day that needs done
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that I don't know, dude, but it just seems like my days are all different, Mm -hmm. but, um,
1: it, it is nonstop. Right. So for somebody like wanting to get into real estate, you mentioned you had a listing appointment today and it lasted a few hours. Like what does your typical listing appointment look like?
0: Another very good question. Um, so what happens usually is someone will call me and say, hey, I'm thinking about selling my house. I a lot of my business is all referrals now, which is awesome too. Oh, yeah, um, And they're like, I was referred to you. And we do our business model a little bit different. Um, I typically do a flat fee when I sell someone's house. So that's usually why they got referred to me is because our commissions are negotiable and they're usually a lot less than what the typical um, agent charges. And... Cheyenne at least and um so that's they usually want to talk about that they're Mm -hmm. like what's your flat fee um but I don't give a number or anything until I'd seen the house right because it's very hard to run comparables and see what like compare homes without being inside of a home Mm -hmm. so anyways she gave me all the rundown of her house and everything that they need done and then I um and then I set up a time to go, which is your listing appointment. Mm-hmm. So today I went out there and I just let them give me the tour. They just give you the tour of the home. And then I ask them like, what's your timeline? What are you guys thinking? Um, how much money do you need to make? How much money would you like to make? Mm-hmm. And then I get out my calculator and I start running numbers with them. I give them advice on like, like, for example, today – they're in the midst of like moving and their house is kind of like chaotic right now. Um, And I'm like, well, if we take photos or like when we show, Mm -hmm. we have to rearrange everything and like this is what you guys need to do. So it's kind of just like you, it's a dance between the, because they're also strangers, right? Like I've never met this person in my life and then you're just meeting them and they're like, I need you to list my, seven hundred thousand dollar house and you're messing with a lot of money there right so it is like a weird dance and it's kind of stressful um because you want to be professional but you also need to be personal Mm -hmm. and it's um anyways so that's where I try to spend lots of time with my clients because I want to get to know them on a personal level right so answer your question long-winded
1: yeah so When you go to list a home, people are very, very prideful of their houses. Yes. So how do you deal with people who want their house to sell for way more than you professionally think that it's worth?
0: Another great question. <laughs> this happens to me all, especially now that our market has shifted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, I have a another listing right now. Um when I went out, she was referred to me. She was a for sale by owner and for sale by owners, for whatever reason, especially now that the market has shifted, they have a very hard time selling their home, usually because they're overpriced. Mm-hmm. And where that comes in is they see what their neighbor has their home listed for, or like kind of in the area and they go, well, I could do that too. Right. They, they're Wyoming is a non-disclosure state, meaning when you sell your house by state law you do not have to report what you sold it for and Mm -hmm. it's non-disclosed anywhere so it's not public information and that's all the data we care about i only care about what is selling i don't care what is active i don't care that your neighbors had their house on the market for six months at a million Mm dollars that doesn't mean anything i only care about sold data so that's where the mls comes in is they have sold data sold prices right which is like a super helpful tool so anyways to add context that the for sale by owner she had um, her house which is a super nice house she had a total of 23 acres kind of close into cheyenne and she was comparing her house to a subdivision of all brand new construction right now Mm -hmm. which is like in all the brand new construction that's being built are million dollar plus homes She's, like, two streets north of this brand-new subdivision, but she's not in the subdivision. Right. She doesn't have covenants. Um, this subdivision does. It's very manicured, well-maintained, mm-hmm. five-acre plots. Like, people really like that now. So she took that, and she took that into consideration with her property. And when I met with her for the first time, she told me she wanted $1.3 For everything when I did a CMA and then she subdivided her land so then that minus about 13 acres so when I pulled comps for her house on 10 acres I got her at 750 right so that was like a huge discrepancy Mm -hmm. and it was tricky and I said well what's your game plan she's like well I need to move by September 1st and this was like early July um, and I'm like, well, this is what's on the market right now. This house, same specs as yours, mm-hmm. has been sitting for 260 days. It's too high. Yeah. So then you take that. So you kind of literally have to show them. But it's they still get emotional. Mm-hmm. They take it personally. But at the end of the day, I am the expert. They are the boss. Right. I could tell them all day, like, you're at 750 or less. Um, our contract is for a lot less, actually, that we have on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, she could list at $3 million. Right. It's up to her. Right. But I don't have to take that listing. But it is a difficult dance to yeah. answer your
1: yeah. question. And people compare apples to oranges a lot. Yes. And that yeah. is hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's very, like, you can't compare new construction. And her house was built in 2004. That's, like, a, right. a lot of years of difference. And... um there's just so many things you have to take into consideration mm-hmm. that everyday people don't know if you're not in the real estate industry, Right. which is hard because people don't like realtors because they think they get paid too much for not adding a lot of value for just selling a house. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of tools and knowledge and like years of being in the industry that are advantageous to people that they don't consider.
1: But not the end of the day you want your house sold and you're exactly. good at selling the houses. So they exactly. have to the trust that you know what you're doing.
0: Yep, exactly. And I tell people to them, like my job when you hire me is to sell your house in the least amount of time for the most amount of money. Right. And that's hard for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Some it's just a very strange dance. Yeah. So I try to be very gentle. I'm actually probably not very good at it because someone will be like, well I want eight fifty and my comps are telling me like seven hundred. A lot of times I've lost listings too Mm -hmm. because I get in too
1: low and they don't like that. Right. Yeah. My next question was, so we've worked together on a few deals. And one thing I love about you as a realtor is I feel like you're very honest. But do you feel like that has been almost like hard and maybe you've lost some deals for your honesty?
0: Yeah. But like what I was just saying, I, and I don't, it's called buying the listing or what is it called? It, um, yeah. You price someone higher because everyone likes a higher number when right. they sell their house to get the listing. And then once you get it, you drop the list price right. by a lot. Um, so I never, and I tell people, I'm like, you can fire me at any time. Mm-hmm. That should be out in the open. Every dollar is negotiable. This is what I might charge you. How does that feel? Mm-hmm. Um, I try to just be very like put everything out in the open because that makes them trust me more right um but also I'm like you're you're too high I'm mm-hmm. like don't know it and that has not gone well right and people have shopped other realtors and um, and sometimes I am wrong mm-hmm. which is it, it's all personal opinion when you come down to it right um but, Yes, being honest
1: can go both ways. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So for the general public, somebody wants to sell their house and they come to you and say, hey, what are some things that I can do to my house to up the value? Mm -hmm. What do you automatically tell them to do? Like just in general, say if they have a basic house. What ups the value the most on a house?
0: First thing I would say is air conditioning. Air conditioning actually helps tremendously. Um, Appraisers, we adjust for air conditioning units. Um, meaning we either add or deduct from a potential purchase or list price depending on air conditioning. Mm -hmm. And I try to explain to people too, when an appraiser comes in, they look at square footage, bed and bath count, overall finishes, quality of the home, um, and garage stalls, and location. Mm-hmm. it's also tricky when someone, I just had this happen. She said to me, "I spent $12,000 to do this enclosed sunroom. The buyers are getting this for free." That's not how it works. If you do a $50,000 kitchen remodel, you are not getting that back. Right. Your it's a it's an appeal. Your house might sell faster than mm-hmm. your next door neighbor that doesn't have something that you have but you're not getting more money out of it, Right. If that makes sense. Right. Um, a lot of people will do like sod or landscaping and they think that is at, they're like, I spent $10,000 on sod. Mm-hmm. Add that to the list price. That doesn't transfer. It's curb so appeal. It's curb appeal, mm-hmm. exactly. It's appealing but it doesn't net you more money. Right. So if two houses are next to each other, one has landscape, beautiful sod, they both have five acres, and one just has better landscape, um, it might go for more money mm-hmm. because the buyer is more interested in it. There might be multiple offers, but that doesn't mean it should be listed more. Right. If that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. So, but yeah, like... um. Some people were like, should we, one friend called me and she's like, we're putting new shower doors in. Should we do like all clear, like very European style shower doors or like the cheaper standard shower door? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you like? She's mm-hmm. like, we really want the European ones. It's like, go for it. You're not going to get your money back. Right. There was like a thousand dollar difference, I think, but um, it'll look better. It'll, mm-hmm. So it's very like. If you can do little, like, take down popcorn ceiling, update things, do it if you can. But if it's going to break the bank, don't worry
1: about it. Right. Do you feel like updating, if you can, like you said, updating mm-hmm. your home little by little as you live in it and as you go mm-hmm. is way more, like, you're at a, more of an advantage later when you're selling it rather oh, than, well, then, you, you know if you want to remodel your house then you're having to do a full-blown remodel yes so one thing I don't understand which I run into this all the time with
0: my husband is like right now for example in my son's room the dogs ate the carpet (laughs) where it came out under the door Mm -hmm. and so there's we would like cut the carpet back and it looks kind of janky and I know there's wood floors underneath that carpet so I want to remove that carpet and Mm -hmm. Brad's like we'll do it when we move and I'm like yeah but it'll look like you want to love your home that you're in while you're in it. Right. So I tell people, like, if you want air conditioning, put it in now. Like, Mm -hmm. eventually you're going to have to do it. Right. Because it's going to net you more when you sell. Yeah. Why not not just do it? Yeah. That's a
1: really good point because I've also talked to my husband about that. It's like, we've talked about doing little things, Mm -hmm. but we don't know if we want to rent our house out eventually or sell it. And so we've talked about, well, let's do this if we sell it. And then he made a really good point, like you just said. Well, why don't, like, we bought our house to love the house that exactly. we live in. So we are we need to do these upgrades for us, and eventually they're going to benefit us. Exactly. So.
0: Yeah, and some people are like, well, I'm going to put new countertops in when we move. But I'm like, if you can do it now, do it because you're going to enjoy it, and, like, right. you'll just live in it, and I don't know. So I think if you have the funds to do stuff, definitely do it. But I run in with that. Um, Like he, my husband was really mad that I spent. I think I put six thousand dollars into my backyard of sod and like a rock driveway, but my backyard was like dirt and weeds. Right, and it has been like the best investment ever. We're Mm -hmm. out there all the time. You have a kiddo, so he can play out there. We're out there all. It is like the best backyard ever. But he was like, "Why would you do that? You're just going to sell it anyways." And it's not adding value to your home. Right. I'm like, yeah, but we're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm.
1: so Right. Yeah. So looking back and kind of like when you first got started in real estate, like we've talked about like why did you get started? Yeah. What made you want to be a realtor?
0: Um, my I had purchased a home through my now broker and I was working on a startup company and things got kind of weird. It was in 2020. And it was almost like there had always been like a voice in my head like get your real estate license, get your real estate license. As a kid, I loved looking at houses. When my parents would go look for houses, I would always want to go with them and like understand the. I just loved looking at houses. Mm-hmm. Even still to this day, I'm like this is so cool. This is my job because yeah. I can have access at any time to homes. um but then anyways, and then my broker, I was kind of feeling weird about my job and he was like, go get your license and work for me. So it kind of worked out. I never was like, I want to be a real estate agent. It mm-hmm. just kind of like, I love people and I love houses and thought I could do it. So I right. did it. Um, but kind of like to go back to like the day in the life thing, which I wanted to touch on is like being, when you get your real estate license, you get it. And then it's like, now what? Right. <laughs> Nobody is throwing business at you and you're supposed to like network and go meet people and work your sphere and do phone calls and cold call and send letters and all this stuff. And I don't do any of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I did at the beginning. And I think that's probably part of like the day in the life, like real term narrative that I should say like from 11 to 12, I cold call from in my farm and from
1: I made 50 calls yeah Yeah. and
0: I don't do any of it a lot of my stuff comes from referrals and I think it's because Cheyenne is maybe a smaller town I know a lot of people here at least Mm -hmm. I think I do and I discount my fees a ton right I don't think people realize how much fees I do not charge when I sell a home which might not be great for me but and is what it is right which i think is the way i get calls yeah um, but yeah that is something i would say if someone got their real estate license it's like you do kind of have to do all that stuff at the beginning
1: though right which, like,
0: go meet with people and
1: right well i also uh, feel like people will get their license thinking
0: it's a get rich fast scheme
1: yeah like have you when you first started did you like ever hear that or see that
0: yes for sure and it, is, i mean when you break it down that, Oh, I'm going to get two and a half percent. I didn't even know how realtors got paid when I got my license. I was like, I know I get paid somehow. And I remember it was actually, um, my broker's client was the first house I ever sold. And I worked the open house and it was like, I got my license on a Friday. and then pat was like can you work the open house on saturday i can't i think he had covid actually oh no and i was like yeah sure i'll like what do i do i'll just show up and the first people that walked in they were like yep we need an agent we'll take it and i was like okay and i remember (laughs) being on the phone with pat like what do i need from them how do i even do this and then it wasn't until like a month later or like as we neared closing and i saw pat's client and then who's a House slipper here. And the, he's like, Do you even know how much you're going to make on this? And I'm like, <laughs> No, how does it work? <laughs> and he calculated, he's like, You're making two and a half percent, I think is what it was on the purchase price, which was like $7,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think at the end he was like, You made more money than I did on this. Like, because I think after all the fees were paid out, um he was like, Yeah, you. And I was like, That's a crazy amount of money. Right. And so when you start thinking about two and a half percent on a purchase price of a property now that house prices are so high, that's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. So yes, I think people get their license and think I'm going to be like making six figures mm-hmm. way faster than I could with any other industry. However, <laughs> it's very hard to get business in real right. estate. Right. So I would say that the the get quick rich thing is
1: not true. Right. At all. Absolutely. So say a first-time homebuyer comes to you and they're wanting to buy their very first house. Like, How do you treat a first-time homebuyer and how do you help them navigate their first purchase?
0: Yes, so that, okay, when I bought my first house, I knew absolutely nothing. Thinking back, it's like embarrassing how little I knew. Right. (laughs) So my first thing is always like, have you spoken with a lender mm-hmm. a lot of them don't know that right. and um that's your first thing your first step is to talk to a lender and I don't know how you feel about this as being a lender but I tell my clients to shop lenders mm-hmm. I don't know if lenders hate that or not but I always tell them like go shop I didn't know you could do that but go shop lenders right so um that's your first step and then once they get a ballpark range of what they can afford, what their payment will look like, that's when we start shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, now I point out, which I probably shouldn't, because it probably doesn't get property sold as much as I probably could. But I only say it because of my experience. But I always tell people, like, look at your neighbors. Look at like uh, your neighborhood. Look at how water flows to your house like mm-hmm. all these things that now i'm experiencing and why i want to move i point out now to people right that probably have no idea right um like i there's just so many things dude, that i could tell i tell first-time homebuyers now but um yeah that's really i just point out stuff that they probably don't see right
1: yeah i think for me like from a lender standpoint with first-time homebuyers education is key and I love working with first-time homebuyers because they don't know a lot so yeah uh, like it's my job and yours too to educate them it's a lot yeah absolutely and it can be really really confusing because there's a lot of information there is yep and I I never try to play lender
0: right any lender question I get I'm like that's not my wheelhouse Some realtors, I think, do try to play both, Mm -hmm. which can really confuse people. So I always try to, like, if you have any, like, questions financially, ask your lender. Mm -hmm. Um, But then as far as house stuff is concerned, like, I always say, like, first we can go shopping, and then once you're under contract, and that's a whole conversation, then you have inspections, and then repairs, and appraisal. It's just so many. So I really try to, like, now... I think I would overwhelm first-time homebuyers. Now I do one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's get this done and then we can move on to this.
1: Right, yeah. A big thing I like to do as a lender is... I like to give them lists of, like, do's and don'ts. Yeah. Like, definitely do these things in the middle of a loan process, but please don't do these things. Yeah. Um, For example, like, don't go run up all your credit cards. Don't go buy furniture before you're in the house. Do you You see that happen a lot? Yeah, you know, and I've seen people buy campers. Before they get the home bought, I've seen people buy cars before yeah. the house is purchased. So just little things like that that you you don't even think about. You don't realize, like, how it's going to affect the purchase. Because it takes 30 days usually. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. I thought
0: I went and, like, bought a house, like, in one day. Right. I didn't know it took <laughs> 30 days at least yeah. to purchase a home, and a lot can happen in a month. Right. So, um, yeah, it's um, – and I tell people, too, like – it's not don't have your blinders on it's not always a new house will pop up Mm -hmm. um anyways i think i just like i did all the things you're probably not supposed to do as a first-time homebuyer. i did them and it
1: did not work out well yeah but on the flip side i feel like maybe it's kind of helped your business because you can educate people on please don't be like me (laughs) yes yes 100
0: percent and it, yeah it's just a it's a lot but um it can also go really well too it just it all right. depends on like the sellers the seller's agent right the house all the things
1: yeah okay so just to kind of wrap everything up a day in your life as a real estate agent like what is your favorite part of being a real estate agent what do you love like what gets you out of bed to do your job every day i love
0: when and it's like the greatest feeling ever. And I, I tell people this at closing, because it usually in that 30-day time period, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. I've probably closed two in my three-year career that have been like seamless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like there's so many things that can go wrong. in each new transaction, you're like, okay, I'm going to do this so much better. Right. Nothing is going to go wrong. And then out of left field, it'll be like, the house was struck by lightning and lit on fire and it exploded (laughs) like you never can anticipate so what i like what i love the most is like at the closing table either like i love the closing table with buyers because they're buying a new home Mm -hmm. and they're usually like they're so excited it's a new chapter of their life a seller is happy because they're getting money Mm -hmm. and they're moving on to a new chapter of their life and in my ocd brain it's like all the pieces fit together. It's like these people are happy and they're going to make something like they're making the home beautiful. This home is now going to be in better shape and the previous owner is happy because they're moving on. Mm -hmm. It's all like a perfect trifecta of things, which I love. Um, But so, yeah, I would say just like putting the puzzle pieces together is my favorite part and it always works out. It Mm -hmm. always, always works out. I've never had a deal all through actually that's awesome. um based on like drama right transaction so that's probably it's always a new challenge every day is different and some days too i'll wake up and there'll be nothing on my calendar and i'll be like okay i'm gonna go to the gym clean my house today wash my car mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah in that i don't have weekends technically i'm usually working weekends mm-hmm. um like a saturday and sunday but every day is so different as a realtor some days i'll have nothing on my calendar and then a buyer will call me and be like this house just popped up we'll go see it right and they're like let's write an offer and there goes my whole day mm-hmm. so um every day is just very different but i love putting the puzzle pieces together
1: yeah well Everybody, if you're looking for a house, Abigail is an amazing realtor. She can sell it. She can help you buy one. (laughs) thank Um, you. But also, you know, if you're looking to get into real estate, I hope you got something from this podcast um, because, you know, on social media and stuff, it portrays the industry a lot different than it really is. Totally.
0: And I will say, too, just to interject real quick, is I don't know what my days look like compared to other realtors. Sometimes I get insecure about that. Like I guess I stay relatively I mean for me I stay okay, busy sometimes mm-hmm. I'm not busy. But I think we also in our are in a culture of like you always have to stay busy. Right. But I don't know, other like top producers here in Cheyenne, like my broker, for example, he's like some days he doesn't even eat lunch. He's mm-hmm. so busy with clients. Mm-hmm. Um so anyways, it can look very different. Right. I don't know what But at the end of the
1: day, it. that's also why this is a cool job because your day can be structured sort of how you want it to. Like 100%. you don't have to do A plus B plus C like Johnny down the streets doing to yeah. to get business and be successful. You and do, you know, yeah. your success can look a lot different than Johnny's looks, and that is enough for you. That's right. And I like, um, i just
0: don't i i don't put pressure on my like i i want people to get like what you see is what you get with me Mm -hmm. i love my dogs and like my son and i love going to the gym that's like what you get of me too Mm -hmm. like i'll call people back like sorry i was just at the gym what's up i don't try to be this like show up in a dress and high heels and like Be a Mm -hmm. realtor-type person. I just, like, happen to be me that likes to see houses.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, Well, everybody, thanks for listening, and I hope you got something awesome out of this podcast. Thanks, Deb.